And I talked to her, and she would say, Mother, don't you trust me? And uh, I want my daughter to trust me. I want my daughter to feel trusted. So I said, oh, sure I trust you. I said, lady, you, you must be kidding. You're kidding me. You mean this guy with his blood running, this girl scantily dressed, and her blood is running hot, and this kid's blood is boiling in a dark. What do, what do you think they're doing out there? Memorizing scripture? <laughs> <laughs> and you trust them out there? You're kidding. Listen, I'm an old guy. You pick me out, any lady you want to, and you and me, we go out in the car like those kids do. I know one thing. I wouldn't trust me. Your daughter doesn't belong out there. Oh, she's having the fun of her life out there. There's no question about that, but she doesn't belong out there. Do you understand what the statistics are these days for pregnancy and among teenage girls? Do you realize that in some cities, half the births are to unwed kids? You, you better rescue your daughter. Well, how am I going to do it? She's, she, she won't come in. I said, well, I'll tell you, since the car's outside, you see, we're t who are we talking about? Her beloved daughter, who's flirting with venereal disease and pregnancy out there in front of your house. That's who we're talking about. Are you not going to do anything about it? you got to go out and help her. But how do you how do, I do that? Well, I'll tell you. You go outside, and you open the door, and you reach in and haul her out. Maybe you better take your husband along. Well, my daughter would be furious. Well, what do you expect? Do you think your daughter's going to say to her boyfriend, bless her heart? <laughs> My beloved mother is coming to the rescue. I tell you, my mother really cares about me. Welcome, mother! Is that what you expect to... That's not what you're going to get. Your daughter does not want what's best for her. Your son doesn't want what's best for him. Who's going to decide what, what you're going to let these kids do? Who's going to do it? I think the Bible is pretty clear. You made them. You raised them. And you show the way. Well, i got a few minutes. So if there's some questions, I'd like to respond to those questions. Yes, sir. I would probably admit that I missed it this time, and I'll try to do better next time. I may, uh, I may decide to go get him. Oh, let me tell you a story. These folks came to me, and this lady was uh, wondered how, how to get her 18-year-old son home from. Uh, uh, he had his own apartment, and she didn't approve of that. I said, how come he's got his own apartment and you don't approve it? Well, his father says he should have it. I said, listen, lady, you don't have a parent-child problem. You've got a marriage problem. So she goes home and says, Dr. Brandt said that we have a marriage problem. So he called me up and said, I hear you say we have a marriage problem uh, about our son. Said, yeah. Well, I decided that he ought to come home. Well, how, how am I going to get him home? Now, this guy owned a factory, and he had an electronic product that he had invented, and he had a national distribution. He's asking me how to get his kid home. And I told him, you're kidding. <laughs> you're acting dumb. Now, you tell me how you would get your kid home. He said, well, I guess I'd have to go get him. That's right. Well, I don't think I could swing that. Well, you probably can't. So then what are you going to do? 
Maybe I ought to take a carload of guys. That's not a bad idea. You, 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 you can think, can't you? Well, he's trying to tell me that he can't figure out how to get his kid home. He runs a national organization. Are you kidding? And so I get a call. I got my son home. I took two carloads of guys. <laughs> Maybe it's about time that we raid some of these places and get our kids home. Well, anyway, he said, my kid is home now, and he's, uh, but he's smoking marijuana in his bedroom. What will I do? What do you mean, what do you do? What do you, what do you think you ought to do? Well, I don't know if I want to do what I ought to do. Well, then why don't you do something that's wrong? I don't want to do anything that's wrong. Well, why don't you do what's right? What's right? Well, what's right is I ought to call the police, so why don't you do that? On my own kid? Well, is it right? If you don't want to be right, then why don't you be wrong? I don't want to be wrong. Well, then I'll do what's right. <laughs> this guy act dumb. He's not so dumb. I mean, isn't that the issue? Are you going to do what's right by your kids? So he calls me up and says, well, I called the police, and now the whole neighborhood is down on me. What, what, what did you do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. You mean, you mean they're down on you because you did right? Right. Well, you ought to feel pretty good. You ought to feel right. He said, well, I do. That's pretty good. <laughs> what are you going to do about your kid? He said, well, I'm going to go to jail every day and see him. So he went to, this. I mean, this guy was well known in the neighborhood. And this was in the newspaper. Now his kid is in jail. Caught smoking marijuana. And so he would go to the jail and his son would spit at him and cuss him. And his father would hand him a little testament or a book. And you know, after a week or so, that kid got to thinking that, uh, hey, my dad cares about me. And so the day came when they went to court. This is newspaper stuff. And uh, the judge says, I've heard about you and your dad. In the meantime, this kid accepts the Lord in the jail because of his dad. And the judge says, you know, I've heard about you and your dad. And young man, I'm going to put you on two years probation in the custody of your dad. <laughs> you know, you might be in a position where your children have successfully... Um, defied you for so long that they don't believe you if you say you mean what you say and they've got a right to dump you. And so you may have to do some tough stuff to convince your kids that you're serious. I'm talking about your beloved son and your beloved daughter. When my kids were Growing up, we, the word drugs wasn't even in our vocabulary. In your environment, drugs are everywhere. When I grew up, when my kids grew up, occasionally we heard of a drunk, but not very often. Alcohol was no problem. Every once in a while we heard somebody. It was an, the ultimate tragedy to hear of a divorce. Now, so, so what's new if you're divorced? You see, you live in a whole different somewhere we've got to start changing this and I think it's going to be as you guys work together in your neighborhoods and change your minds first of all and as you change your minds you'll be changing the rules another question <clears throat> yes Then, then you leave the kid alone. You take care of your own problem till you get it together. Yes, sir. That's a very good question. You're mad at that kid because he didn't pick up the blocks. Leave the kid alone and take care of your own problem.
guess that would take an immense amount of self-control at the time to control your anger in that interaction. Is that the prescription? You see, when you're playing football, you're not. These two guys aren't mad at each other. Theoretically, you're. Uh, I've worked with professional football players, and many times the fellows opposite one another are Christian brothers. And they snap the ball, and the Christian brother says to the guy that can't that he knocked out, he just knocked them out. That was a good block. They weren't mad at each other. Uh, in fact, if you're going to be a good athlete, you had better keep your head. Because angry athletes are the ones that get hurt. And so, yes, uh, you see, if you're going to approach your child, in a, you understand that this is supernatural strength I'm talking about. I'm not suggesting that you crank this up out of your own strength. You, you, you get this from God. But you see, what you're doing is making a move on behalf of your beloved child. Yes, sir. Mr. Brand, you, you spent an awful lot of time talking about how you did what I perceive to be a defiant child back into order. But, but the, your first point was, you know, be worthy in their sight. And that was a point made in, in a, a videotape series by Josh McDowell, who incidentally quoted you. And it just seems to me that... He's one of my boys. <laughs> before you get to the to the stage where you have to impose some of the harsher treatments, if you build some relationship with your child and, and set those boundaries, you know, because they get accountable to you, is that not important to, from the very beginning? Yeah, yeah. You see, I'm, I started talking about boundaries. When, when we talk about managing kids with their blocks, you're talking about a little kid. Now you start managing little kids. You see, you need practice too. And, and by the time that little two-year-old becomes 16, you have had 14 years of practice too. Now if you're out of practice and all of a sudden you've got a 16-year-old, you've got to learn how to do it when you should have been learning it all along. But you know, you've got to start where you're at. Listen, I'm afraid that... Uh, I think that bell meant that we're supposed to eat. And I don't know that anybody is paying me overtime here, so... Uh... <laughs>
Oh, my God. 
And now it's Tim. We'll be playing on his piano. Reflect back on the music that you just heard. And that Tim will be playing. And think back to Yellowstone, summer of 87. And what happened up there. The people that you reached and talked to. What God taught you. And now look forward into the future. What God has planned for you. What you'll be doing. Remember that God is always there. He always has been. He loves you no matter what you do. He'll, he'll love you no more than He does now. Just listen to Tim now as he continues to play. And we just hope that this tape has done a lot for you as it has for us. And just thank God for all that He has in store for you. The things that He'll use you for.